do you ever ask with sincerity, why? Why are you alive? Why? Do you ever ask, why do you exist? What's the meaning of all of this? Is there meaning? Why within this church and others like us is there attempt to outreach to others? Reaching out to people outside of ourselves, to our neighbors. Why? To the neighbors and, and to the nations. You see in our order of worship, our missionary family, ministries right here in our area, and then to these who are in the nations. Today, we have the privilege and responsibility of setting apart two families, a family with four children to North Africa, a couple to Scotland. Why? Why do we and others like us have outreach of VBS to children? Why this team that goes to Springfield Elementary on Monday afternoons to present Christ to little kindergartners through fifth grade? Why do we support and, and say to Matt in young life, go Matt. Reach those high school students in our schools. Why is Paul Patrick at Erskine with RUF? Or Rick Brauner with RUF at Clemson and these other places where there's ministry? Why? Why this emphasis on prayer and finances where we trust to give thousands and thousands of dollars? Shouldn't we keep that to ourselves? Why? Because of Scripture. Because of the truth throughout the Bible, beginning in Genesis through Revelation. Specifically today, we're going to look at portions of Psalm 96 which is a summary of all the Bible. This is the reason we exist. This is the reason we're alive. This is the reason we're a family. And we say to these, go to Bayberry and present Christ to those senior citizens. Go to the children. Go to the nations because of Scripture. Let's look again as Will just read Psalm 96 for us. Let's look again at this great, great summary of the Old and New Testaments. Look again at Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Whew. Why are you alive? That you can sing. Did you notice the hymn we just sang? It's a prayer. Will 
deliberately chose this because this hymn that we just sang is addressed to our Lord. We're singing to him. You may not have a great voice. I do not. But when Christ is our audience, we can bring him joy. When he is your audience, I commend you beginning your day, throughout the day, ending your day, singing what? To him. Sing of him. Sing by his enablement. That's the reason you're alive. He wants to hear you sing. He wants to hear you sing of his excellence, of his majesty, of his holiness, of who he is. We're to sing to him. Who is to sing? All the earth. All the earth. How many do we believe are alive today? How many people, boys and girls and people of all ages, we believe there's approximately 7 billion, not million, billion people. We're told in this psalm, let the nations, all the nations sing and know of Christ. How many nations are The United Nations tells us approximately 190 nations that Christ has created. 190 nations. Nations, sing. You've been created to sing to the Lord God. How many languages are there? How many different languages and dialects? Wycliffe Bible translators tell us there are approximately 6,000 different languages and dialects. 6,000. 190 nations. 7 billion people. And Christ has created every one of them. And he says, sing to him. Sing. Secondly, in verse 2, we see not only were you to sing to the Lord, but you are created that you may bless him. Look, bless his name. How do you bless the name of God? When you bless something at your meal, you may bless the food that you are about to enjoy. To bless is to set apart To set apart, this is different. Make it a means of holiness. Whether it's food, bless this food, set it apart, nourish our bodies that we may sing to you. That's what we're to do to God's name. We're saying, oh God, set apart your name. It's holy. The very first request we make in the Lord's prayer is this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Set apart your name that it is reverenced, that is respected because your name represents all that you are. 
the Bible says God has exalted his name and his word above all else. God has exalted his name and his word above all else. Why are you alive? To sing, to sing, to bless his name, set it apart because he is different. Look at verse 3. We're to tell. We're to tell of his salvation from day to day. We're to tell of Christ as a way of life. That's the reason we're alive. We're to tell neighbors. We're to tell little children. We're to tell senior adults. We're to tell neighbors. We're to tell nations. The gift of salvation. The privilege to be saved from the family of Satan, the devil. We're all born into his family. Yes, we're born into Satan's family. Either Satan is your father or God himself is your father through Christ. There's no other way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. We live to say that, to tell people, to declare this. Phil, Wendy, go to Scotland. Tell all of those. There's no other way but Christ. Britain, Sarah, children, go to North Africa. Tell those Muslims of Christ. Christ is God. He is man. He's perfect God, man. God became a human baby. He lived a perfect life. He willingly led it allowed those soldiers to arrest him and abuse him with such torture and cruelty. He willingly went to the cross and welcomed God's punishment, God's wrath, God's judgment against sin that he did not deserve. He willingly accepted it to give his own holiness to all of those the Father gives to him. Tell the nations. Tell your neighbors. Turn from your sin. Turn, repent, believe on Christ. Come into the family. It's your responsibility to repent, to turn from your own ways and believe on Christ. That's the reason we're alive. To sing to him, to tell of him, to bless his name. Look, to declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous, marvelous works among all peoples. Declare God's glory. What is his glory? What's the glory of God that we are to declare? 
the glory of God that we are to say to one another, to the nations and to our neighbors is this. On the authority of the Bible, God is a spirit, a Holy Spirit. God is a spirit. He is infinite. There are no limitations with him. He's infinite. Nations, Jesus Christ is God. He is eternal. Eternal. There's no beginning. There's no end. He is eternal. He's a spirit. He's infinite. He's eternal. Listen. He's unchangeable. He doesn't change. He doesn't waffle. He's the same yesterday, today, that he'll be forever. He's unchangeable. He's infinite. He's wise. He's eternal. He's wisdom. He has wisdom. He is power. Strength. He is justice. He's the God of justice as we see in this psalm. He's the God who will judge the world. Jesus Christ is judge, judge of this world. Dimitri learned to sing. He learned to sing to our Lord, and our Lord used Dimitri to influence others to sing, to declare his glory. To tell of salvation. Dimitri was born into a nation that came under communist rule. Dimitri, as a child, remembered going to church right there where he lived. But under the influence and persecution of the communist government, the church closed. And as he grew older, the closest church was three days away. Only way he could worship. And now as a husband and a father of two, he became burdened that his boys and they did not have a church. And so he asked his wife, is it okay with you? If we open up the Bible once a week, and teach our boys about Christ? Husband, I've been praying that you would do this. And so once a week, they began reading and talking about the Bible. And then eventually, one of the boys said, can we sing like they do at real church? Yeah, let's sing. Read the Bible, sing, and pray. Where they lived, uh, windows would be open and close quarters to neighbors, and, and neighbors began hearing what's going on in this home, and some said, hey, can we join you? And before long, there were 25 people meeting. The authorities noticed, and they didn't like it. And they came and they threatened. You've started a church. 
started a church. All we are doing is meeting and talking about the Bible and praying and singing and, and, and taking up some money to help poor people. That's all we're doing. I'm not a preacher. Stop it. They kept meeting. Eventually, the group grew to 50 in this little tiny home. Not enough seats, and they had to stand cramped together, and everyone couldn't get in, and people would come and stand at the window and, and try, to entertain, try to enter into what was going on here. It was costly. Dimitri was fired from his factory job. His wife was fired from a teacher. Their sons were expelled from school strictly because of their dad. It's now grown to 75. And the authorities burst in one night, pushed their way through the crowd. And the official of the soldiers began slapping to meet you back and forth. We warned you. We stoned you to stop this. Grabbed him, threw him against the wall. This is the least that's going to happen to you unless you stop it. A dear older woman, old woman, took her life into her own hands as she stood up and confronted that official and said, This is a man of God. You will not survive. All this happened on Tuesday night. By Thursday that official was dead from Tuesday to Thursday by a massive heart attack. Fear gripped the whole community until 150 were there the next week. The officials did what they said. They came and arrested Dimitri. They sent him to prison a thousand kilometers away. That's hundreds of miles from home. And put him in a prison with 1,500 hardened criminals. Hardened criminals. 1,500. He says that the only way he survived the beatings, the cruelty, the torture, the inhumane treatment but he said, worst of all, he did not have fellowship with God's people. Far worse than the abuse. But he realized that every morning at daybreak, he went to his prison cell where he was, such cramped quarters, looked toward the east, and would sing a song of praise loudly. Sing a song of praise to the Lord. The other prisoners ridiculed, laughed, scorned, took their garbage of food and threw it at him. At times they would throw their own body waste onto him. Seventeen years imprisoned, knowing that at any moment he could leave. 
if you denounce Christ and refuse to preach. He missed his wife. He missed their two sons. He knew his sons needed his dad. He's told, your wife is dead. And your sons have been taken by the government, the state. The state. He became so weak spiritually, emotionally, physically, he said to the officials, I give up. I'll sign whatever you want me to just to get out of here. Great. Just sign this paper. We'll be back tomorrow. Deny you know Jesus Christ. Claim that you're working for our enemy, the government, against us. You're free. That's all you got to do. They left. They would come back the next day. He felt so guilty, denying Christ. Next day they came, paper, sign it. I will not sign it. (laughs) He believed that his wife and children were alive. He believed they were praying for him, and they refused. He refused to sign it. They are furiated with him. And in time, they grab him, they pull him down the corridor, the hall of that prison. They're going to take him outside and kill him. And then the most incredible thing happened. A choir like he had never heard. Those 1,500 hardened criminals who hated him and all he stood for began singing, began singing that song of worship to Jesus Christ that they had been hearing for years, those who had been there for 17 years. They began singing loudly, boldly, courageously. He sang to the Lord, and through his influence, through Christ, they began singing to the Lord. The government officials took their hands off. God worked in their heart, and they did not kill him. Within a brief time, they released him. And he returned and found his family. We learn of this from an excellent, excellent book published by, he goes by the name of Nick, Southern Baptist Missionary. Sing to the Lord. Sing a new song. Tell of his salvation. Bless his name. Reverence him. That's the reason we're alive. That's the reason We say to one another, we say to the community, we say to the elderly, we say to the children, we say to these missionaries, go, go, tell of Christ. Here are our prayers. Here's our encouragement. Here are our finances. Go to the nations. How are we to respond? What practical application is there? Number one, will you pray? I encourage you to open up Psalm 96 
and pray these verses. Lord, make us your people. Make us sing to you a new song. Sing to you to bless your name, to tell of you, to declare your glory. Pray that. Secondly, do this ministry. Do this outreach. If you're in the family, you have a, an ability to do something. Maybe care for children in the nursery. It may be able to go out to the elderly, to the students, to the children. God may be saying to you, Go to the nations. Go to the nations. Are you willing? Whatever it is, however he wants to use you, are you willing to obey and trust? Sing to him, pray. Do all that you can in the calling and giftedness he's given you. Don't resist what he's doing. Don't resist him. And provide. Cheerfully, hilariously, the finances needed for these who are going and who will go. Cheerfully, hilariously, say to these in local ministries and those to the nations, here, here's what you need. Go, tell of Christ. Declare his glory. Participate, engage in representing Christ. Pray, do it, and provide for those who are also going, that they'll have all that they need. Let's ask the Father to work in our hearts. Work in our hearts, Father. Work in our lives. Work in our motives that we exist We're alive for your glory, for your joy. To know Christ as Savior and Lord. To know Christ as Savior and Lord. In his name we ask. Amen.